Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. It's wonderful to be talking to you this morning on our Gift Sunday. And um, as Lizzie has said, if you are new to us this morning or exploring belonging at St George's, uh, then press into this as thinking about uh, giving in Christian discipleship. And if you're a regular committed member, I invite you to lean in as we think about how we play our part in the vision that God has given us. And when we think about giving and giving financially this morning, we are thinking about it in the context of vision, of the vision that we talked about last week that we heard from Lizzie, and you can catch up on that talk online. The vision that God has given St. George is rooted in knowing God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our vision, as I keep saying, like David Kibble, one of our church family, you know the ones, preach Jesus, make disciples, serve the city, and send out leaders. And we were encouraged last week uh, to hear about how the message of the Lord rang out from the young church in Thessalonica. How they persevered amid suffering and showed the love of God to one another and their community. And we give of our time, our resources, our skills, our worship, our finances as Christians as response. So we need to know what we're responding to, uh, to the love of God in person in Jesus. And I was thinking about what I spoke about last year with giving and uh, what really encourages me about this passage and others in scripture is that when we give to the vision of St. George's, when Christians give, we contribute to so much more missional and discipleship activity than we could ever do just in our own strength. And we engage with things that we might not see or are visible to us day to day, just like people have been talking about in our vision videos. We enable staff to be employed strategically, to release many more team members and volunteers. We give to local and overseas mission partners as a church. We sow into children, young people and students, the young at heart, the most vulnerable in our city, and those working in employment, those caring for children, all to be disciples in their own way each and every day. And this is very practical, and it's also very pastoral. So we see in this letter that we're reading today, it's a really pastoral letter. As Paul defends his vocation as authority, as an apostle of Christ, he warns against false teaching in their church, but he was addressing all sorts of things in that community, including generosity. And we talked about this letter last year as a church, 2 Corinthians, so you can go back and listen to all those themes of comfort and freedom and reconciliation and humility in that letter. And Paul in that letter advocates for the elders, the leaders, working alongside the congregations, equipping them, not lording over them. And I'm encouraging St. George's that that's our attitude too, that we are co-laborers in Christ trusting in God's power, working through our weakness. And so we come to chapter 8, the Corinthian collection, and we see in verses 1 to 5, Paul encouraging them to give. And this verse of the Macedonian church, they gave 
as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. So in verses 1 to 5, we hear from Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And during what we call Paul's third missionary journey, his missional uh, trip around planting churches, Paul had collected money for the impoverished believers in Jerusalem. The churches in Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, who we've already talked about, and Berea, had given money even though they were poor and they had given sacrificially. And so Paul explains his understanding about giving and he urges the Corinthians to follow through on their commitment. That it might be generous and well-planned and give to people in need. And God invites us to give as those churches did, out of love for fellow believers, out of our dedication to Christ, out of joy of helping those in need and those who haven't yet met Jesus for themselves. And that generosity is seen through the lens of God's grace to them by Paul. Their giving stemmed from the sense that they were giving to God before even giving to fellow believers. And Paul notes that it came entirely on their own. Paul is not averse to a bit of irony and a bit of gentle, you know me, I know you, let's talk about giving openly. And we at St. George's are not new to this, to, uh, to trial, to difficulty. Everyone has been experiencing the impact of COVID over the past couple of years. And also to giving sacrificially. And it's important to reflect on where we are now as a community, as individuals. On the impact of the past couple of years on our spirit, on our hope. And allow this passage and one another to refresh and renew our expectation of all that God can do. In verses 6 to 8, the next few verses, Paul encourages the Corinthian church to follow through this act of grace, bring to completion this act of grace, using that other generosity from the Macedonian church as a springboard. The Corinthian church is maturing and excelling in other areas of discipleship, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in love. And I think St. George's excels in so many of those ways as well. We see that in our videos, in our church news, in learning what's going on in our community and beyond, in how people are being equipped to live as loving, serving Christians wherever they are during the week. And we would expect to grow in all those other areas of discipleship. And so why not expect to grow in the area of generosity in giving? And we can do that together. We can do that wherever we're starting from. We can take a step forward in that growth this morning. But different things will have shaped that for us, that experience. And so I thought it would be helpful to hear uh, both a bit from my experience, but also from other people. So I invited Keith, our wonderful faith-filled treasurer, to come up and share with me now. So welcome, Keith, everybody. And we just thought uh, we would share a little bit about how our faith and our faith journey or not has shaped our understanding of giving. So um, Keith, what about you? What, what's that been like, 
in your faith journey and giving? Well, I expect for me, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. So there wasn't, you know, a, a, a rhythm of giving at all. So I had to start from scratch. And when I was a young Christian, because I became a Christian when I was at university, um, it, the teaching there was, um, you know, if you belong to a community, a church community, you contribute to that community and you contribute financially to that. And it's, it was a way of being connected and also a way of saying, I'm in. You know, this is where I am and I am part of this community. Mm. And how has that grown from, from then as well? What's helped you to shape that? Well, I think the thing that's helped me to, to think about that is, is just being challenged each time. Because it's very easy to set up a standing order and keep going. Um, but then, you know, to think, you know, if, if things have changed, you get a new job or you get promoted, or very rarely you get a bonus, <laughs> then what do you do with that? You know, do you, do you reassess what, where you're up to? So I think it's really encouraging that we at St. George's actually take an opportunity, at least annually, and I'm not saying just annually, because, you know, when things change, you can change where that is, but just, you know, challenge yourself about where things are going. Yeah, and we talked about this together because I grew up going to church, but not necessarily in a kind of Christian household talking about giving as well. So again, it was something that I had to work out for myself, and it was different to... Um, you know, putting money just in a, in a charity box or something as and when, but thinking about it strategically. And we've been chatting about the Bible verses that have helped us. And for me, it was um, 1 Corinthians 29, um, that everything that we have is from you and of your own do we give you. We give it back to you. Um, and I had that at, at, at university, that that was a really key time for me where it was, it was told to me. But also when I went into ministry, quite a lot of people said, oh, well, you work for the church now. Um, so now I assume that that's how you give. That's the majority of your time uh, and, and that kind of thing. And so you don't need to give financially anymore or were surprised when I said, no, I do give financially. I still do that proportional kind of sense of doing that um, because it helps me to give back into the whole church, into the areas where I'm not necessarily directly involved or where I'm resourcing other people. Um, and I'm also aware that relatively in the world, I, we are relatively wealthy in the, in the global perspective and so I want to be aware of that and give back. Um, thank you so much Keith. Pop the microphone down. We're going to hear from Keith in a few moments more. Double, double dose. Thank you so much. So it's helpful to think about what's been our story with giving, what we've inherited, what we might want to change and renew uh, or we might have been put in a really good place to be giving ourselves. Because our giving is rooted in the generosity of Jesus. In verse 9, Paul talks about uh, that he knew the grace he became to live among us in solidarity. We have the riches of heaven in Christ Jesus, we read. And this doesn't mean that material things don't matter, because matter matters. God created the world, God created all that we have around us. Indeed, they're collecting for the poor Christians to help them materially. There isn't an easy kind of spiritual and physical divide. It's all part of one thing. 
And our reality, as we have been looking at in our Colossians series, is found in Christ. Knowing Christ shapes how we view the rest of the world. And maybe this morning for some of us, God is inviting us again, first of all, to know that truth of who we are and what Jesus has done for us. To remember that Jesus died for you and for me out of his love. And that in Christ we have the riches of heaven, eternal life with our loving Father. That comes first. And everything else is our response. But if you're feeling like you're not connected, that you're not sure about the love of Christ for you this morning, may I invite you to know that and to invite that reality in again. In the next couple of verses, uh, Paul gets a bit practical and uh, expresses his wisdom and guidance in how to go about responding in this area of their discipleship. Because the Corinthians had previously been proactively generous, and we've talked a little bit about that intention this morning. And he says, now finish the work. Put your money and finances where your mouth and your faith is. As uh, Keith said, I'm in. This is the way, one of the ways that I do that. In verse 11, he says, let your eager willingness, so your intention, be matched by your completion of it, the action, according to your means. So there's a bit of wisdom there. He's saying, look at your own circumstances, your own uh, resources, and have a think about how you're going to respond. And I've been really encouraged being part of St. George's this past few years um, and being involved in PCC, in standing committee, in working with Keith and Alistair before. Uh, And I've been involved in quite a few different churches over the past few years because I've moved around every few years. So I'm really excited to be rooted in St. George's now. So from uh, university being an intern in a church for a few years, training in a parish church, being involved in another one for curiosity, and then coming here. And I can, I can say with some honesty that I'm really encouraged by the diligence and faith-filled attitude that those involved in guiding the finances of St. George's have. Uh, and the overall generosity of the church family, both in time and resources and skills and in financial giving. Um, And I'm really encouraged when we talk about this and we talk about the budget and to hear this responding to how God is calling us to operate and not operating from a spirit of fear or scarcity, but actually thinking this is what God is calling us to do and in diligence we can respond to this. We can understand uh, through the help of others where that money is being used where it's being used for mission and discipleship, for new things, for existing things, we can be confident in that. And so, yeah, I want to invite, sorry, Keith, I've just got to sit down, he's coming up again, it's very exciting, uh, to, to help us think about that as well. So talk a little bit, Keith, about that setting of the budget and what that means to you and how others have responded. Yeah, so it, it might not be an exciting thing, but it's a necessary thing to do is to set a budget. And the way that we go about it, or the way that I've gone about it, is look at 
What do we think God is calling us to do as a church? What, what is our vision? What is our mission? And then looking at what, what is that actually going to cost? Um, but, it's, but it's done by looking at um, the costs very carefully. So as Eve sort of said, very diligently. And challenging them, making sure that they're necessary. But we also look at what income we can see. And as an accountant, I can look at facts and figures and bits and pieces on a spreadsheet, and this is all I can see. But that's really not God's approach, because he can see so much more than we can. So we, we, we obviously are mindful of where we think income is, but we're not constrained by it. So we've got this tension about being a faith-filled budget and seeing where God is leading us to, but also just being good stewards of where we are with everything. So it's, it's not being, you know, a spirit of scarcity, but a spirit of abundance and hope and progression is, is where we've got to with budget. And we've talked a little bit before about kind of God's economy and how things seem to happen. And could you tell us a bit about that and your, you know, the times that you just have with the numbers and then seeing what's happening in the church? Well, at the moment, um, I am actually doing the figures for last financial year or trying to, trying to do those. And last night I was going through these things and putting through adjustments and I'm thinking this should be actually reducing the amount that we've got. And I put it all through and it increased where we got to. So, you know, we might think that, you know, the world's economy is always very certain about where things are, but God's economy is so much different and exciting. So maybe not a lot of people think finance is exciting, but I do, because <laughs> I see God in it all the time. It's great. Amazing. Thank you so much. Let's have a round of applause for Keith, who uh, serves us in that way. I'm excited. I don't know about you. It's exciting to see uh, what our generosity releases in the kingdom of God. Um, and Paul is a, a pastor in this passage, as we've seen. He knows his people. He knows what is possible through them. Um, and he also knows uh, that God sees our hearts and our motivations and responds to that when we seek to be generous. Um, it's not an impersonal round robin or a junk mail letter, uh, this letter in this passage. Uh, Paul is reminding them that in the challenge to act, there is reassurance that God sees their heart's intent and that the gift is not acceptable to a set amount of what we, what we should give, but to looking at our own resources and responding in kind. So in verse 12, Paul says this amazing thing, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And again, this is in God's economy. And there's all sorts of times in Scripture where we see people being generous out of their apparent lack in the world, but that God sees that and responds. Uh, Keith and I were talking about the widow's might, the widow's offering, where Jesus in the Gospels is sitting in the temple and just watching and he sees people who are more wealthy or in different positions giving money and maybe making a show of it. And he sees one woman putting in an offering that he knows is costly to her. 
And he says to his disciples, he explains that that offering is worth so much to God the Father, that she is given out of her apparent lack, that the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not, one doesn't, not according to what one does not have. So Paul's made it clear that those who are rich and poor or wealthier or less wealthy exist together and together in the church. And different people will have different means. As I've talked about myself before, it's, it's a part of that, um, that kind of growing up and recognizing your resources that globally, I know that my means are significant compared to lots of other people in the world. And we know that in our community, for instance, that some of us won't be in paid employment or will be at different stages in that. Some people might be receiving benefits and that we know those who are seeking asylum would typically receive less than 40 pounds a week, 39 pounds, 63 pence uh, to live on. Other people might be in debt or have ways that they need to respond to their own circumstances and that's why we uh, have got partners and people like CAP and Step Change. Uh, there is practical help there. So Paul is not guilt-tripping or exhorting money from the Corinthians, but encouraging them to give as they are able and to be honest about that as a community. Some will be able to give more compared to one another, but God sees the heart and intent beyond that. And it's helpful to think about our income and our basic needs and our expenditure. It's why I found uh, like proportional giving really empowering. It's not about a set amount, but a set amount according to one's means. What does it look like to live within our means or to, um, to be responding to consumerism in a way that says, Christ is enough and I want to live in a way that shows that I follow Jesus more widely? You might be in a season of having to reduce your giving or to change your giving, or you might be in a season to start or increase it. But this was um, shown to us when we were praying beforehand. Someone felt this verse again, that uh, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what we have, not according to what we don't have. In this case, in... Um, this passage, the collection was for the poor. That was the need at the time. And we have a financial support fund at St. George's for that. And that has plenty of money in it because of the generation of many people. And so the need at this time is to fulfill the vision that God has given us. And so that um, is where we seek to ask for generosity at this point. But we have the capacity to help those in need uh, as well as a church. If we give with willingness and devotion to Christ from our means, our gift is acceptable and pleasing to God. We don't have to overanalyze or compare or feel guilty or shame. We know that we have partnered with God and with one another, and we will all enjoy the fruit of that generosity as a whole church praying and serving alongside one another. So when we give, we sow into the vision that is so much bigger than us, that enables mission and ministry and discipleship and service 
in all sorts of ways. So I wonder this morning how we can grow in this area of our discipleship and our response to Jesus and follow through on that intent that Paul was talking about. Do we know the riches of our relationship with Jesus? Do we need to be reminded of that today, that he loves us? That although he was rich, he became poor so that we might become rich, forgiven and free, knowing our kingdom purpose. Do we know that if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable to what we have and what we give, not according to what we don't have? We don't need to worry about that. God receives our heartfelt offering And we will respond, and those responsible for guiding the finances respond with diligence and faith and hope in how we uh, use our money for God's glory. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.